Welcome to Hackstack, Advanced Training Edition, the show that gives you all the tips, tricks and advice you need to increase your productivity, lower your stress level and find ultimate purpose in life. To get the greatest understanding of what Hackstack is all about, start listening from episode number one. And now, here's your host, Coz. Oh man, hello everyone. How are you guys doing? It has been a long time and I'm glad to be back in the saddle. Probably been maybe three months since I posted my last episode. I was taking a break, you know, just enjoying the fact that I hit my my main goal, which is basically just go through the progression of what I consider the basic skills of life, how to change your attitude, what do you say to yourself, how important thinking uh, truly is, and then sort of taking that all the way through, you know, goal setting and time management, some fitness and things like that, and capping it off all with discussing uh, the greatest purpose and the ultimate meaning of life. So that was my whole objective when I first started this show, and I, I kind of hit that, and that was a that was a big deal for me. So so I did take a break. I, I took some time to reflect. And now I'm I'm back. I've got uh, a lot more ideas, a lot more things to share with you. And I don't know. Basically, I'm I'm just excited to do that. So this is like, well, I can't say the next level because that was kind of how I said on the other episodes. You know, level one through four. I guess this is just the the next phase of of Hackstack. And I think I covered all the the really critical skills and information one needs to truly achieve some some great things in their life. So if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, I, I highly suggest you going back uh, and checking some of those out. In particular, I always tell people to start with episode one. That will make uh, the whole show make a little bit more sense to you. But now since I've gone through all of that, I'm I'm really just going to kind of cherry pick and play things that I think are, are valuable to you guys. Um, a lot of these things will be saying uh, a really similar underlying message, uh, but they're just put in, in a different way uh, from a slightly different perspective. Uh, and that is the case with what we're going over uh, on this episode today. So I'm about to play for you... Uh, a podcast that was recommended, well, actually from from several places. The first uh, source I heard about this was from my sister-in-law, who I I have a lot of respect and <laughs> give her a lot of credibility now because she's the one that turned me on to, to John Roseman, uh, the parenting information podcast that I posted a, a few episodes back. So there was some credibility there, and then I think one of my wife's friends mentioned it as well, and then I saw a couple other posts on Facebook about it, so I was like, man, I, I'm seeing a common theme. I, I got to check this out. Um, it's called The Shalene Johnson Show, and Shalene Johnson is, uh, she was a, a fitness model, and then she started a business of making uh, fitness DVDs. And she eventually sold that company to Beachbody. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, Beachbody is the company that produces uh, home workout videos like P90X and Insanity and things like that. So um, I give you that background just so you realize where this woman's coming from. She's very successful in, in lots of areas of life that we talk about 
on this show, in particular the five F's, right? Family, friends, finance, fitness, faith. Uh, and if you could imagine what it takes to start a a multi-million dollar business and sell that and balance family and career and all that good stuff, uh, it, it's pretty impressive. So I listened to this show and I was, man, I was I was really impressed with it. And that's why I'm sharing it with you guys right now because the main, well, there's a couple topics that are, are covered coming up in the clips that I'm going to play for you. Uh, the the She talks a lot about blueprints and, and getting a blueprint of your life, which is uh, kind of a fancy way to set, you know, set goals and, and, and choose a roadmap for where you want to go in your life. Like that's the first step. But the other key ingredient she talks a lot about is, is how to say no. And I, I've mentioned it on this show before but she goes into a whole lot more detail and gives a whole lot more examples and then gives some really really good ways to actually say no to people and you know our time is always at a premium there's always distractions many many times people want you to do things and if you say yes to those things, you're actually end up saying no to some of the other things that you want to do in your life. So this is really a good reminder of how to prioritize uh, the important things in your life. But she does it in such an impressive way. And at first I was like, well, this is going to be more for women and, and how you know they relate to this question. And there is some truth to that. So, so guys, if you're listening to this, I, I highly recommend that you check this out and then uh, recommend this episode to the important women in your life, but I got so much out of this that <laughs> that the Shalene Johnson show is now a regular part of my uh, podcasting listening diet. So right now I'm going to play actually two episodes. It was a two-parter, so for your listening convenience, I, I put it together in one uh, nice little package that I'm about to play for you right now. And you can check it out, and I'll have some comments afterwards, and then I'll even have a little bit of extra credit for you. So this is two back-to-back episodes of the Shalene Johnson Show, which talks about uh, your blueprint in life and how to say no. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. You are listening to a special edition of The Shalene Show. So last week I did this series of live broadcasts with my husband, Brett who I'm sure you've heard me talk about in previous episodes. I talk about him quite often because we've been married for 19 years and he is completely the yin to my yang. Now, if you've ever read one of my books or you've done one of my workout videos or you've gone to one of my seminars, even if you haven't seen Brett's face, I can assure you that he has been a big part. If I've had any effect on your life, then then he's had a big hand in that effect. Because whether you realize it or not, Brett is, well, he is the person who makes this possible. And by this, I mean like me to be able to do what it is I love to do and still honor my priorities and take care of my family. That just wouldn't be possible in the way that it is without his support. I mean, honestly, it is because of our partnership that I can say I can actually honor my my priorities. Now, if you're like, oh, that's that's so nice for the two of you. Why don't you just like ride off into the sunset on your unicorns and and eat some magical cotton candy? You know, I mean, I get it. Gag me. It's 
you know, not, that doesn't seem possible for some people. And, and, and maybe you're single right now and you're like, yeah, it's a lot easier when you have a partner. But here's what I want you to know. It's not easy and we don't have a perfect life and, and we've had hard times and we've had really, really, really hard times. And the relationship that you want, the life that you want, the free time that you desire, the financial security that you, you crave and you deserve, that all takes a ton of work. Anything that's crazy rewarding does take a ton of work. So no, this episode is not about relationships. This episode is about figuring out what it is you want and figuring out how you're going to find the time to make that happen. You know, you can't just work and work and work and, and, and just, you know, go a hundred miles per hour through your day. You can't just work and work and work and just keep putting out fires and letting people run you ragged and think that your life is going to be amazing. It really does require a plan. I mean, and Brett and I were two of the most goal-oriented, driven, focused individuals you could ever meet, and we were accomplishing all of our goals, and we were still terribly unhappy. And I'm here to tell you it is because we skipped a critical ingredient, a very critical ingredient, which might be the ingredient you're missing, and that is our blueprint that we created together. And if you're a single person, you need to create this for yourself. But I hope, I hope that your own blueprint will include some plans for what you want your future relationship to look like. You know, that's really important. I think God really does want us to, to have somebody else who we can call a partner. And I I really do believe everything's better when you've got somebody who's your biggest fan and your best friend And I I want that for you, but you've got to give it some thought in terms of what does that need to look like? So when you're describing your perfect life, quote unquote, perfect life, when you're describing what it is you want to feel, what, what it is you want to live, what it is you want to have, that should include some things about your partner or your future partner, you know, and, and Brett and I had been able to accomplish so much, but we ended up super unhappy and stressed out and, and just felt so obligated to so many people and we were overwhelmed by the chaos despite the fact that we were more organized than most people and had accomplished more than any of our friends and and set out to do these crazy things and then we had done them but we're like why is this so overwhelming and we just had to put on the brakes and figure out what what I don't get it what's missing and what was missing is we never we never did that critical first step and we certainly never did it together And that was creating a blueprint, like a serious, written out, pages long, what do we want our life to look like? And more importantly, what do we want it to feel like? You know, what what was it supposed to feel like? And the key to that is creating a plan for what you want your life to look like. Once you create the plan, then you create a clear system. So then you know what you're supposed to say yes to and what you're supposed to politely decline. Because the program you're about to listen to is my follow-up. You you now know what it is you want to create, and you've got to put some space in your schedule now to make this happen. And in order to do that, we've got to start saying no to some things and yes to certain things. We've got to figure out how to politely decline and how to bow out of some things that currently are on our plate or a part of our life, but they, they really have nothing to do with our new, fully developed, planned blueprint, like this place that we want to go, this thing that we want to feel. 
So you see, if, if you don't have the space emotionally, if there's no rhyme or reason to the chaos of your day, if you're just like going and going and going and you think you're super effective and you, you know, you're just going as hard as you can a million miles per hour and everybody seems to need you and there's no time for you and you're not quite sure where you're headed, then you need to clear the clutter of everyone else's priorities off of your plate and create some some breathing room, some space in your schedule so you actually can not only dream but execute on some of these things that need to happen in order for you to build your blueprint. You know, blueprints are plans, but then there's then there's the building, the execution of your plan, and that requires time and it requires reprioritizing some things that you're doing right now that don't move you towards your dream life so that you've got the time to do the things that do. Okay, and before we go into this broadcast that you're about to hear, I have to tell you about some messages that I was just reading before I started recording this. And they were on my Facebook wall. And I, I couldn't believe how many people were saying something very similar to this. They would say, Shaleen, I actually don't feel overwhelmed or overscheduled. And I actually feel underwhelmed. I don't have like enough important stuff going on. You know what I mean? Like they were saying repeatedly, I know there's more I could be doing. I, I just don't even know where to start or what it is or what my purpose is or, you know, I, I just, I don't know where to begin and I'm not overwhelmed. It's like I can hear echoes in my head and echoes in my home. And I thought, wow, okay, somebody who feels that way, my friend, you really need to go back. Don't even listen to this episode. Can you believe I'm saying that? Pause and go back and listen to the Overcome the Overwhelm episode. Because really what I want you to do in that is, maybe you're not feeling overwhelmed, but what you're you're not clear about is what it is you could be doing. And I want you to re-listen to that episode and hear me clearly. Put pen to paper. You've gotta put pen to paper. There is a huge difference of just listening to me and then doing your homework. There's a huge difference from things just bouncing around in your head and then you finding the clarity that comes to you when you put pen to paper, when you answer in writing the questions that I'm asking you according to your heart, your soul. I want you to do a little soul searching and you just have to start to believe that your happiness and having this crazy, cool, fun life is possible. That's not for other people. That's something you have to believe is possible for you. And that's step one. And if you're not there yet, then don't waste your time on this episode. Go back and listen to that one. Okay. So no matter where you are in your journey, this episode will serve you. Because if you've ever wished that there were more hours in the day, some some extra breathing room or a system so that at the end of the day, you felt very accomplished, like you did the things you needed to do and you found the right time to do them in so that it honored your your highest point of energy when you felt the best and you took care of the things that matter so that you could work on your blueprint. Well, if you've ever wanted a very simple system to use, you're about to get a refresher course. And I'm going to say refresher course because some of this is going to sound extremely familiar and you're going to like, you know, can you hear that? You're going to smack yourself upside the head and go, oh my gosh, I used to do this. I used to do this. And I've got to discipline myself and I've got to go back to it because it does require discipline, but the rewards are pretty freaking cool. All right. So if you're still with me, let's get to the lesson. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Shalene Johnson, the author of New York Times bestselling book, Push. You might recognize me from late night infomercials. I've done tons of fitness infomercials, and I am most proud to be the creator of the Smart Success Academy. It's why I'm here today. Now, if you missed our earlier broadcast, in that episode, my husband and I shared with you how it was we had completely reached our breaking point. And in particular, how it was we had almost decided to just give up. Like it had caused stress on our marriage. It had caused stress on our, our relationships with our friends. Um, it, my health was suffering. But most importantly, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And I knew something needed to change. And we talked about how it was we decided we made the decision like, okay, enough is enough. We just can't, this isn't right. And I think people in society right now, we're at this like tipping point where everyone kind of feels that. It's like, how much more can I handle? How much more can I take? And there are days when you're like, okay, I managed through this. But most of the time, people are feeling so overwhelmed that it comes to a point where we have to make a decision to make a change. And that's exactly what we did. It started with this crazy blueprint this crazy dream, I should say, for a life. And and when I say crazy, um, it's kind of funny to me now to call it crazy because it's the life that I'm living. But when I wrote it out on paper, it was so far removed, so completely 180 from anything we were doing or anything that we were living that it seemed crazy. It seemed un unthinkable, impossible. But we decided that even if we could get just a little bit closer to that, even if our lives looked something like that, it would be better than what we were living in that moment. So we created a blueprint, like what would we need to do? What would we need to have? What things would have to change? What things would we have to remove? What things would I have to learn? What things would I have to let go of? How would everything have to be changed? Like what pieces would we need to build this dream life? In other words, the blueprint meant what materials did we need? What did the foundation look like? What would the walls look like? Almost like building a house, this dream life we wanted to build required that we created a blueprint. And that's the difference for so many people. They're creating this vision board. They've got this dream for what they want their life or their day or their week to look like, but they never figure out what it takes to, to make that happen. And that's the blueprint. From there, we talked about how do you execute this? I want to make this happen. I, I, I want to take what it is I know I need to do and I want to start doing it. And for most of us, that means carving out the time to do it, right? Like figuring out how, how am I ever going to do this when right now I don't even have any time to do the things that I don't want to do. How will I ever find the time, the extra time it's going to take to change my life? Well, I've got good news for you because today, even though in my last broad broadcast, I told you that we would work on your schedule. But as you know, we went to a live chat and in that live chat, it was very clear to me that what people were dealing with was overwhelm. And the thought of like rearranging your schedule for so many of you just flat out told me like, I, I don't know how I can do that. My finances are a wreck. I'm a wreck. I have so much that I have to do and so much that I'm responsible for that I, can you just fix that? Can you first fix the overwhelm? And because of your honesty, I am here to tell you that today that's exactly what we're going to do. My objective today, my promise to you is that if you stay tuned and if with me, you're writing down exactly the steps that I share with you, this is a very serious promise. I promise that you are going to feel less stress. You're going to feel an immediate sense of calm. 
We are going to actually step in and clean out the closet that has become your cluttered life. Like there's just no room for more. There's no room for breathing room. There's no wiggle room. But by the end of this episode, I promise you this, you are going to feel a sense of confidence. You're going to feel that peace. You're going to have space. You're going to have more time. All you have to do is follow along with me. And I promise that what you will feel is exactly what we can create more of by learning the system of smart success. You see, one of the reasons why we feel this way is because as a culture, we have been conditioned to say yes to everything. We say yes to the thing that we don't have time for. We say yes to that thing where it's like, well, I was, I guess if I moved this and I left 10 minutes early from that, I guess I could do that. We say yes to strangers. We say yes to everything. And unfortunately, that that used to work and it used to be easier for people like in the 60s, 70s and 80s. You know why it was easier? Because we didn't have one of these. This, quite frankly, has changed everything and it has forced us to a tipping point where we, we just realize, okay, there is too much demands on my attention and my time and I can't focus and I can't think and I'm so distracted and I'm so unhappy. I'm just unhappy. And it's because there's so many people that are, and, and things and objects and, and digital devices that are demanding our attention. That's why by the end of this exercise, this is what you'll feel. You'll feel the confidence to say no. You will feel this guilt-free sense that what you're doing is the right thing. You're going to feel less stress. You're going to be doing less of the unimportant things. And you're going to sit up really nice and tall and feel like every day when you finish your day, I did the right things in the right order. And you're not going to feel that sense of like, I don't know, it's almost like a feeling in your gut when you know the next day you have to do something you don't want to do because we're going to clear your schedule. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? We're actually going to take things off of your schedule and make some room in your life for the things that matter. Because if we don't do that, then you will never have the time to create your blueprint. And I know that just by going through that exercise in my first broadcast, that you understand how delicious, how fun, how peaceful, how rewarding your life could be if it actually looked like that. And it's very possible but it does require you follow these steps. It's not going to be easy, but it will be simple. I want you to imagine for a moment, what would it be like if we looked at your schedule for the next four weeks? And I know this is just hypothetically speaking, but what would it feel like if we got rid of, say, half of the things that you're supposed to do? Half of the things that are like, eh, I'm not looking that forward to it, but I have to go to work. And I and I have to go to this meeting and, and I have this call on Thursday night and, and I promised so-and-so that we would go to their party on Friday. And, and if, if I could just remove half of those things for you, what would you feel? Would you feel relaxed? Would you be able to focus? Would you be happy? Would you feel motivated to do the things that you really want to do? Would you feel as though your life had become your own again? Would you feel like you had control? Because that's really what this exercise is all about. I'm going to give you just a few things that we're going to be able to remove immediately from your schedule. Guess what I'm going to do? You're going to love this. At the end, I'm going to give you a written permission slip so that you don't have to show up to something you don't want to go to. And that's just a backup plan because more importantly and more useful is I'm going to give you the exact script that you can use from this point forward to set up those boundaries so that you no longer have to say yes or no. People know it's inappropriate to ask you to do this. 
because they know what it is that you're working towards and what it is you will and won't do. Guess what else I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the exact script to get out of something that you totally are dreading right now. The exact script so that you look like a winner. The other person isn't mad at you. They completely understand and you walk away with no hard feelings. But most importantly, you've got that time now to work on your blueprint. Sound good? I hope it does. Now I know I'm not the first person to ever say we all have to learn to say no. I mean, that's becoming a really common theme. People have finally recognized that we, we have to learn to say no, but that's like saying we have to earn it. We have to learn to eat less. We have to learn to be more fit and nicer to people. That's great. We all know that. How? Well, I believe the first step is identifying why it is we say yes to everything. And I believe the reason why we do that is because it's very rewarding. I mean, I caught myself yesterday. I was at the gym, ran into somebody, and he said, Hey, I'm so glad I ran into you. I've got you in mind for this thing, and it will only take... Um, you know, less than 15 minutes per week, Shaleen. You, I just need you to check in. It's this amazing opportunity for you. And you know what I said? I said, oh, that sounds awesome. No, that sounds great. Yeah, just send me the details. I said, yes. Even though the second he said it, I had that twinge in my stomach. And I, the first thought that popped in my mind was like, you don't want to do this. But I said, yes, because it's automatic. You know why? Because I was triggered. I was triggered by the reward. And so are you. That's why you say yes, even when the first thought that pops into your head is, I don't want to do this. I don't want to say yes. But you smile and you go, absolutely, sure, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. This sounds great. Sure. No problem. I got time for that. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. And you just say yes because of it, the feeling it triggers. We want people to be happy. That's number one. We're people pleasers. Number two, I want to be your go-to guy, your go-to girl. I want to be the person who you think of as reliable. I want that pat on the back. I want to smile. The immediate gratification for me in that moment is I'm going to make him happy. This is someone I don't even know very well, but I want to please him. I want, I want to make him happy and I'm giving him a yes, even though in my head I'm thinking, what does this have to do with anything I need to do? You see, we say yes without even thinking about it. It's just a reaction sometimes. And then then once we're in it and we know it's wrong, then we start justifying all the reasons why we should just go ahead and go through with it. Well, you know, it's the it's a, he's a nice person. Um, I could meet other people. Uh, maybe I'll make more money. Uh, maybe it's the right thing to do. Maybe it's for a, the greater cause. And we start justifying all the reasons why we should uncommit ourselves to things because there's some things that we're going to do you and I together that are going to remove you from some places where you've already made a commitment and you're going to feel good about it. And the other person who you're going to say, Hey, sorry, I've got to bow out. They're going to feel good about it too. You got to trust me on this, but here's the deal. One of the reasons why this happens to you is because you are that go-to guy, that go-to girl. You see, here's that pitfall of success. The reason why we become successful at anything, at the kind of thing that someone will go, hey, I know someone who could do this, is people think that about you because you're good at something, whatever it is. Maybe it's organizing the team roster for your daughter's soccer team, or maybe it's uh, filling in for everybody when they need a sub, or maybe it's you're the person who organizes the flow chart. Whatever it is, people come to you because you're good at it. The reason why you're good at it is because there was a point in time when you were able to focus on it. You did just this and you didn't do a lot of it. You did enough that you could focus on and give it a hundred percent of your effort. 
But the irony of it is that success has turned into people giving you more opportunities and more ideas and more diversions and more distractions and, and all your energy is going in all these different ways now. So whereas before your energy was all moving towards one important goal to master one important task, now it's segmented. It's kind of going everywhere. So you can see how your energy and your focus and all of the things that used to make you great are now fragmented. And that's the pitfall. That is, unfortunately, why so many people, like myself, like yourself, who in the past felt focused, and that's how we attributed our success, now feel fragmented. You see, what I want to help you do, just like any habit, is focus on the reward. Focus on what feels good. You see, the second I said yes, I already had a pit in my stomach as I was walking out of the gym towards my car. I'm already thinking, how do I get out of this? I don't want to do this. Okay, I can just do it. I'll, I'll just suck it up and do it. You know, I'm going through all those thoughts in my head, but I already felt the negative side effects of saying yes. Unfortunately, I allowed thinking about the positive side effects of yes to immediately influence my reply. Now what I want you to do is focus on all of the rewards of saying no. In fact, I'm not even going to make you say no, because sometimes those words, even for myself, it's really hard to say no. I, I rarely do say no. I have another way of handling that that makes the other person feel as though I'm not dismissing them. They're still important. And there's a reason why I have to say thank you for thinking of me. But unfortunately, I don't have the room in my schedule right now. Thank you for thinking of me. I wish I could do this for you right now. Unfortunately, I'm not able to. And the rewards of that are this, self-worth, confidence, control, peace of mind. That feeling you've got when you know, I know I did the right thing. It's a pride. You know, I asked people in preparing for this episode, while we're live online and, and in the days since then, asking people like, okay, tell me about a time when you didn't want to say no and you felt very guilty and you felt like, I need to say yes to this. Or maybe something that you did say yes to and now you, you've got to bow out of it. It's just, it's killing you. It's not going to fit with your schedule. And there's going to be too, too many sacrifices and you keep dreading it week after week after week. Tell me what you felt like before you said, I can't do this. And absolutely everyone says the same thing. Well, I, I worried that the person would be mad at me, that I wouldn't be popular, that they would be upset, that I would disappoint someone that I owed it to them, that they would think of me as someone who was a quitter, someone that they couldn't rely on. I was worried that that person would be upset with me. I, I, I felt nervous and anxious and afraid. And, and I, I kept pushing off the fact that I knew I needed to say, I can't do this. And of those same individuals, I said, tell me now how you felt once you, you did it. You made that phone call. You sent that email. You sent the text and you said, here's why I can't do it. And I, I'm sorry, but I have to bow out. And they all use the same words. Now tell me if these words don't excite you. It felt like Christmas morning. I was excited. I felt relieved. I felt so surprised that they weren't upset with me. I felt as though I had control over my life and my schedule. I felt value. I felt as though I had more self-worth. I felt like I was making myself more important than complete strangers or people who, quite frankly, didn't value my future, my life, the way I do. 
That's what it feels like when you say no. But you have to understand this. There will be fear. There will be the presence of fear. You are going to feel anxious and nervous. I have to be honest with you. But that's a good thing. You know why? Because that's what's going to give you courage. You see, you can't be courageous. There's no need for courage unless you have fear. And the best part about courage is that it's always rewarded by, wow, that wasn't so bad. What I thought would be the worst case scenario wasn't even close. It's always a monster in your head, right? So we know we have to get rid of some things. You know you have to say no. The problem is sometimes people are saying no to the wrong things. They're saying no to things that would move them forward and saying yes to things that keep them right where they are. So yes, today we are going to take some things off of your schedule, but it's very important to me that I help you identify what the right things to say no to are so that you can say yes to the things that matter. What matters? What matters is anything that helps you build your blueprint. Whatever helps you to execute. Remember we talked about what it is you want to have happen. This, this perfect dream life. We say dream, but it's only a dream in step one when you're picturing it. It becomes a plan now. It becomes a plan when we scrape off nose and we make room for the things that matter. It's, it's taking a look at all of the things that you have scheduled in the next, this is all we're going to do. We're just going to do this as a, sh- I don't have a lot of time here. This is the stuff we go into deep and in depth area of your life, one area of your life at a time in smart success. But today I just want to give you that relief that I promised you. So I want you to pull out your calendar, which for a lot of you is probably right here. Some of you might still be keeping it on paper. That's awesome. I love it. Old school style. But if you've got your phone or wherever you're keeping, maybe on an electronic device, your calendar, I want you to look at what's on your schedule right now. Go ahead. Just open up your phone. Now, if you're, if you're happening to be listening to this broadcast and you're not watching us live and maybe you're in your car, well, then promise me that you will do this the second you can, even if that means pulling over. Because I want you to look, because I want you to specifically think about some things that are upcoming in the next four weeks that really have nothing to do with where you want to go, with that blueprint. Remember those things that we talked about? You've got objectives. So when I, when I sat down with Brett and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't have this many employees. I can't, we can't continue. I have to learn to let go. I have, I have to scale back. What that meant was we had some objectives. We had some things that got to happen. I call them got to happens. So whatever you have scheduled in the next four weeks, I want you to look at them and say, does this have anything to do with my got to happens? Because if it doesn't, we need to get out of it. If it doesn't have anything to do with the design of your future, if it doesn't have anything to do with action you need to take to take control of your life and reduce the overwhelm and to move that much closer to what it is you want to feel each day, then those are things I want you to circle and identify as items we need to remove. Because think about it, you have a limited amount of time. Now, if this is a really, really easy decision for you to make. Right now, if I were to tell you, you have a week to live. Or the person you love the most, this is even better. The person you love the most has four weeks to live. And they want to spend time with you. How easy would it be for you to say, hey, guess what? I can't be there. I can't do this. I know I promised you I'd, I'd uh, be the responsible party to get everybody from point A to point B, but I can't do it. 
It would be so easy for you to make that decision. You wouldn't feel any guilt whatsoever to make that phone call, right? Why? Because you knew that somebody else was more important than all these other people who you're trying to please, who really don't care. They really aren't going to be in your life at the end of your life. And they have nothing to do with your future. So it'd be so easy to say no to them. You'd pick up the phone right now and say, listen, this isn't even an option. I can't do this. So whatever you have scheduled in the next four weeks, I want you to look at them and say, does this have anything to do with my gotta happens? If it doesn't have anything to do with the design of your future, if it doesn't have anything to do with action you need to take to take control of your life and reduce the overwhelm and to move that much closer to what it is you want to feel each day, then those are things I want you to circle and identify as items we need to remove. Because think about it, you have a limited amount of time. Now, it, this is a really, really easy decision for you to make. Right now, if I were to tell you, you have a week to live. Or the person you love the most, this is even better. The person you love the most has four weeks to live and they want to spend time with you. How easy would it be for you to say, I know I promised you I'd, I'd uh, be the responsible party to get everybody from point A to point B, but I can't do it. It would be so easy for you to make that decision. You wouldn't feel any guilt whatsoever to make that phone call, right? Why? Because you knew that somebody else was more important than all these other people who you're trying to please, who really don't care. They really aren't going to be in your life at the end of your life. And they have nothing to do with your future. So it'd be so easy to say no to them. You'd pick up the phone right now and say, listen, this isn't even an option. I can't do this. I just want you to look at your short-term obligations. Let's go through them. You ready? I want you to think about meetings, phone calls, um, things you've volunteered to do, extra projects, new endeavors. That new endeavor that's going to take you so much more time to learn it, to understand it, to master it. Other people's problems. That's a big one. How often are you involving yourself in other people's problems and taking care of other people simply because you feel like you're supposed to do it? But does it have anything to do with where you want to go, your blueprint. What about projects and, and extra kids activities that are, and listen, it's a very noble deed indeed to volunteer endlessly at your kid's school. But if they're not even with you, if you can't interact with them, if you can't connect with them, I'm just asking you to say, is there something more I could be doing with that time that helped me to focus on the gotta get done stuff that moves me closer to my blueprint? I want you to think about social events, like parties and engagements, like all of those things. I literally want you to look at everything you have scheduled in the next four weeks. And if the second you read it, you're like, eh, like if, if you even have like a smidgen of like, ugh, I don't really want to do that. And if you think to yourself, this has nothing to do with where I want to go, just circle it. Just circle it for right now. That's step one. By sharing some examples with you, I know you're going to start to feel that clarity that's going to give you the confidence to do that scary thing. Just trust me, you're going to be nervous about this, but you're going to do it and you're going to feel like a million bucks. I don't know anyone who doesn't. After you do it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, why did I wait so long to say no to that? But there are always those things where we're kind of sitting on the fence. I'll give you an example and, and this is how I keep myself accountable every day because this isn't one of those things you just learn and go, all right, I understand. Now I just say no. It just doesn't work that way. That's why with Smart Success, I teach you the system that keeps you accountable to continue this, not as something you do short-term like a diet, but as a lifestyle, a way that you live. 
Like just tomorrow, my daughter has a dentist appointment in LA, which is like an hour drive from me. I also teach two fitness classes on Thursdays. They're back-to-back classes. And I'm trying to build those classes. I, I want, you know, I want to be there regularly so those people can count on me. They know when they show up to class, I will be there. And Brett and I were like trying to maneuver our schedules. So like, he was like, I really can't take her. Maybe your mom could. And I'm like, yeah, I really can't take her because I've got this class. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling that twinge. Like, I don't really want, I really want to go with her. I want to be with her. But I felt this little twinge of guilt. Like, but, but I told someone who had a friend who wanted to come to take my class that I would be there. And so why do I feel obligated to show up for this person who I don't even flip and know? And so I stopped myself and I just looked at my pros and my cons. Like, what would, what would I gain by teaching the class? And what would I gain by spending three hours in the car with my teenage daughter. Now she might be on her phone or listening to music the whole time, but I'm with her and I can't get that back. So that was, I was like, duh, such an easy decision, but I still struggled with it until I put it against this formula. And it's this formula that I want you to use now for those items that you circled, where you circled it, but you're like, "Eh, this is going to be too painful to let go of. So you're on the fence. You're just not sure. We're going to go through a checklist. So what I want you to do is to list that thing that you need to give up, that you need to limit or remove completely. The thing you need to either bow out of or do less of. Okay. So write that down at the top of a piece of paper, right across the top. So you'll follow right along with us and you'll, you'll write down your example right across the top. Then I need you to draw a line right down the middle of your page. Because on one side, you're going to list the pros for keeping that thing on your schedule or continuing to do that thing. And on the other side, you're going to list all of the cons. All right. Now I want to use an example of, of one of my friends who I also happen to coach and her name is Kristen. She also happens to be my spray tanner. She does my organic spray tan. No, I don't go into a tanning booth, not with this white skin. But I do like a nice glow. And so she happens to also teach individuals how to do this. She has an academy that trains people how to do mobile spray tanning so that they can start their own in-home business. Now that developed from Kristen spending many years just servicing clients, just going door, you know, driving for her mobile vehicle from, from home to home to home all over Southern California, a huge region to spray tan people. And she's having a tough time now deciding how much time she should spend doing that. So I asked her, I want you to make a list of the pros if you continue keeping all of your, I mean, keep one if you don't mind, but keeping all of your existing clients and then the cons if you keep all of your existing clients and don't spend that time working towards building your academy, your training, your your um, uh, franchise of teaching people how to do this. Okay, so here are the, here are the pros. The pros are, she says, well, you know, it's, it's immediate money in my pocket when I go door to door. Um, it keeps me busy in my field, which makes me feel like I, you know, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm an expert. I feel productive. You know, if, if I'm doing this all day long, it's, it's just easy. It's, it's, it's a no brainer. And so I feel, I feel productive, but at the same time, I also feel a little overwhelmed because I know there's other things I could be doing, but, but I also feel like I, you know, I'm making money. So that makes me feel secure. And I said, okay, so now, now let's list the cons. What are the consequences? In other words, if you keep going this way and you just continue to accept and say yes to people who want you to tan them from, uh, you know, mobile, mobile, 
And she said, well, ultimately, you know, it's costing me a lot of money because I have to drive back and forth. It's exhausting. I'm tired. Some days I'm kind of sick of it. It's like so easy. There's, there's no challenge in it whatsoever. Um, I'm exchanging my time for money. Like if I'm not doing it, I'm not getting paid. There's, and, and I'm doing so much of it and there's so much drive time in between that I, I don't have any time to do the stuff that I need to do. And because I'm working on other people's schedules, I don't have any control. And so a lot of times people have to come to my home or I have to interrupt family time to do this. So it's really interrupting my family. It's interrupting my ability to connect. And it's, an, it's bottom line, interrupting my ability to move forward towards my blueprint. So now you create your list. Take a look at how we've structured this. And I want you to do pros and cons of you keeping or giving up this thing. This thing that you're, you're still kind of sitting on the fence. All right. Now, once you've done that and put me on pause, if you haven't done it, because you need to do that before we move on to the next step. This next step is going to seal the deal for you. But this is the important part. You need someone to do this with you. Someone who's got a pretty strong opinion. All right. Trust me, we don't take action this moment, but I need you to be watching the second part or listening to the second piece with somebody who you know is pretty logical. You don't have to have somebody who's, you know, they're going to take the opposing view, but at least somebody who will give your, give you their logical opinion. Okay. I'm now interrupting the broadcast because I was really serious about this part and I don't want you to forget where it was in this program that it's critical you have somebody who's got a strong opinion, an opinion that you trust and you value and who's open-minded but will speak the truth to you. It's at the 11-minute mark of this program. So if if for any reason that person is not available to you right now, I don't want you to forget at the 11-minute mark of this program is where you need their assistance. If you haven't already, grab another piece of paper. You've already grabbed that important person. And thank you, by the way, for joining us. I want you now to draw a T across your paper. So a straight line across the top, one line right down the middle. And across the top, I need you to write worst case scenario. Okay. The worst case scenario. And then under the first column, I want you to write if you keep it or continue or don't limit it. So in other words, if you continue to say yes, one column, worst case scenario items, we're going to list there. And in the other column, you're going to list worst case scenario items if you drop it, limit it, or get rid of it. In other words, if you say no. So let's go back to Kristen's example, and then we will apply yours. So if Kristen continues, the worst case scenario, if she continues to say yes to every mobile client, what what's the worst case scenario? What is What are the worst things that could happen? Now, within the realm of reason. You know, I mean, I want you to be reasonable about this. That's why I ask you to bring in your very logical friend. Nice to meet you. But what's the worst case scenario? Well, worst case scenario is that she's going to have less time with her family. She's going to continue to feel exhausted and unhappy. And um, that's going to wear on her, which means her mood is going to shift, which means she's not going to enjoy doing what she right now really does enjoy. Um, it's probably means that she is going to put off a lot of things that she'd love to do because she's not going to have the money. She's going to feel uh, guilty to say no to these people. She might entirely quit this business because it wears her out. She's going to continue to say yes to people who, quite frankly, with the exception of me, most of those people probably won't be in her life maybe 10 years from now. She's going to continue to say yes to those people. And in doing so, she's saying no to her family. That's the worst case scenario, and it's pretty reasonable if she continues to say yes. 
What are the worst case scenario symptoms? If you continue to say yes and be honest, and that's why I asked you to invite someone who's pretty logical because we're really good at making excuses, aren't we? And justifying these things. All right, so there's your worst case scenario if you continue to say yes. If she says, no, I'm going to limit the number of people who I travel to to the mobile spray tan. What's the worst case scenario? Okay, worst case scenario if she limits it is she might make less money, although probably not the case. The logical person in the room is probably going to tell her, actually, you'll end up making a lot more money because you'll be able to train people to do this. Worst case scenario, could it diminish her skill? Maybe. But I mean, if you're sitting there with a logical person, they're probably going to have to tell you, you don't have to spray tan three times or five times a day to maintain your skill. Worst case scenario, somebody could be mad at her. Worst case scenario, someone could be furious because I expect you to tan me every single day. Worst case scenario is she feels guilty because it's a friend or because she might be disappointing someone. That's the worst case scenario. Okay. And that's honest. I mean, we're not going to diminish those things. They, they, those are things that bother us. And it's a reason why we don't say no soon enough, but think about it. The worst case scenario, if she continues to say yes, is far more devastating. If you continue to say yes, you're telling somebody else who's far more important that they're not important. And I I know it's dramatic, but if you just thought about how you would make these decisions, if you know knew you only had four weeks left to spend time doing what matters, you would do what matters. You would very easily say to someone, I, I can't do this. And I'm sorry if you're mad at me, that's your problem. It's okay. If somebody gets mad at you because you value your family and your dreams and what's right for you, do you, do you really think that's a very nice person, the kind of person you want around you? I don't think it is. I think it's probably a gift. Then you know a little bit more about, about them and it can help you decide who you want to surround yourself with. These are tough decisions. You are going to be uncomfortable making this call, but now you've got it on paper. You're looking right at it. I know you've got a knot in your stomach thinking, this is going to suck. I don't want to have to send this email, but you know it's going to make you feel courageous and confident after you do it. I promise you, it feels worse. It seems like it's going to be way bigger than what it's actually going to be. And it's the only way, it's the only way you can make room and move forward. We need to keep progressing. We're stuck right where we are. If we don't learn to evaluate what to say yes to and what to say no to. Now, be very careful that you go through this exercise. Here's why. Because a lot of times people love to say no to things that move them forward and say yes to things that keep them safely right where they are so that I don't have to worry about failure. I don't have to worry about growth. This is only for you if you're excited about growth. So that's it. You've decided to do it. Congratulations. I knew you would make the right decision, but now I'm going to take it even a step further and I'm going to share with you what I think is the best way to do this. You see, so many people just say no and then people actually are mad at them and it can damage relationships or people feel like, gosh, is it something about me that made you say no? And then it prolongs the breakup process and the person just keeps coming back and going, well, but what if, and we really need you and don't forget we did this for you and it just prolongs that process. But if you do it in the right way, this can be just about as painless as you can possibly imagine. The first thing we have to learn to do is to say, use the right words in the moment. 
So, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you I'm perfect at this. I'm getting much better. But I shared with you that just yesterday I accidentally said yes, but within an hour's time, and I was just like reading the text messages while I was getting ready today to, to Tiffany, who did my makeup, and and she's like, you should read that, that those text messages. But it took me um, just less than 24 hours to realize, oh, I did not mean to say yes to that. And then to explain why it was I was now going to bow out. But I could have avoided having to do that if I had... Um, if I had remembered this golden phrase, and I'm, I'm pretty good about it. I'm not perfect, but I'm getting better. And I want to share this phrase with you because it's so much easier than saying no. It's hard to say no. You feel bad saying no. You're letting somebody down. Here's what I say, because I get that same positive reaction. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I, I'll check my schedule, and can I get back to you? That's so much easier. See, I didn't say no. I'm actually telling them I am valuable enough that you want to reach out to me and so valuable that I, I need to check my schedule and make sure I don't have too much on it. You're not having to say no. You're saying, I need to make sure I can give you a hundred percent, right? And that's one of those phrases you just have to practice saying over and over and over. So often we know when we're about to be asked to do something, we know it, we can feel it coming, like sense it, like, like a storm is is impending. And we just think, oh no, I know I'm about to be asked and I, I don't want to say yes. And I hate saying no. And we say yes. Instead, just say, oh, that sounds great. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Practice. Ready? Say this with me. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I've got to check my schedule if that's okay. And I'll get back to you. Now, what do you do about those things, which is where most of us are today? Because I asked you to remove things in your schedule over the course of the next four weeks. That means you're going to have to bow out of some things. Okay. First of all, I give you permission to put yourself first. I give you permission to make your goals, your life, your priorities more important than somebody else's problem. Every time we say yes to somebody else, we have a, we have taken on their problems and we've become their solution, their solution. You need to be your own solution. So how do you bow out of something that you've already obligated yourself to? This is how you do it with honesty and with kindness and explaining the situation. So for example, when I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to do that for you. And, and it's only a one week commitment for 15 minutes. Sure, no problem. See you later. Well, then shortly thereafter, I sent a text message that said, while I really am flattered that you would think of me for this opportunity, I have to tell you that I am committed to being present and to doing less so that I can do more with my kids. I only have a couple years left before they graduate from high school. And I know this might sound trivial to others, but I've got to get a lot of very effective work done in a short number of hours. So the extra hours that I have, even though it doesn't sound like it would take much time, I have to evaluate each and every extra to make sure that it fits with my family and my priorities. And while I would love to help you, I think in doing so, I would be doing you a disservice because I couldn't do a great job. And most importantly, I would be dishonoring my family. Now, Might he get mad about that? I don't know. Too bad, so sad. I don't care. If somebody doesn't respect the fact that I'm going to put my family first, I really don't care about their opinion, truthfully, you know? And I think if you explain to people where it's coming from, if you say, I know I obligated myself and I really thought I could do this for you, but unfortunately now I know I can't deliver you my best. And here's why. And if you explain it to people and you tell them, the date by which you can no longer do this. And I always recommend, if you can, do a fast breakup. 
Even though in your mind, you're like, well, I could probably do it for the rest of the month. Then you'll just keep pushing out that deadline and pushing out that deadline and they'll keep doing nice things for you. And you'll keep saying yes to their priorities, not your own. So make it a fast breakup. Here's the next thing I want you to do. I want you to do what I call a proactive bow out. That means, you know, an ask is coming. Let me give you two examples of this. The first one is whenever my husband and I are on a new sports team for our kids, especially when they were little, there was, you know, always an expectation that all the parents would volunteer for snack or volunteer to be team mom or team dad. And guess what? You're probably going to judge me for this. I don't care because it's according to my priorities. So whenever we would sign up for a new sports team, before there was that uncomfortable silence, when the team mom looks around and says, who wants to be in charge of snack bar every Saturday? And there's that uncomfortable silence. And you know, you're like, I'm about to say yes. Someone stop me. Someone stop me. We would be proactive and immediately send an email to the team mom and the team manager and say, Weekends are really important to our family. Unfortunately, as much as we would love to volunteer, we know that you'll have people who will be more reliable for you. And what we would like to do is offer our services, our support financially. Can we sponsor the shirt or sponsor the uniform or whatever it was? Now, for some of you, you might think, oh, geez, I can't afford to do that. Well, it's really not that expensive when you think about spending four or five hours volunteering. That's just a decision I'm sharing with you that works for our family. God bless you if you are one of those awesome parents who volunteers on Saturdays. I'm not kidding. I I do. I think it's awesome. But you have to decide why you're doing those things. We We needed to make a decision to honor our own priorities. The same is true of a good friend of mine who his son and his daughter was going off to college and they knew that the the winter months, like when they normally host all of the holiday parties for their huge extended family, everybody was going to expect them to host the holiday parties. And they knew that people were going to start saying, you know, what day, what time, what should we bring? And rather than wait till those questions were to come, which is when you do feel the guilt and that urge to say yes, rather than do that, they just sent off a quick email message to everybody in the family saying, This is our daughter's last year at home, and we are going to be so focused on finding the right school for her, and we want to do it right, and we want to give it our full attention and really monument this moment in our lives. So unfortunately, this year, we won't be able to host our family Christmas and get-togethers, but thank you for honoring our commitment to our kids. Who could say no to that? And anyone who's got a problem with it, it's their problem. So what I want you to do is think about anything that might be coming up in the next two or three months where you know people are going to ask of you and it's so awkward and uncomfortable and you you hate saying no and just let people know in advance. When I was writing my book, Push, I knew that the hours from 11 until 3 were my creative hours for writing, but I also was in the habit of returning text messages and taking phone calls and scheduling meeting and work things during those hours because my kids came home from school at 3. So what I had to do is proactively, I sent a message to all of my friends, my family members, my employees at the time. And I said, Hey, here's the deal. I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you. My phone is going on airplane mode from 11 till three every day until this book is done. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for taking care of anything that can be taken care of without me until this time. Cause I, I really want to knock this thing out of the park. And it was amazing. The outpouring of support. And guess what? People stop asking once you set up boundaries. So many of you said in our live chat, I need boundaries. I say yes to everybody. People, you have choice. You have a choice in this matter. You have a choice to enjoy smart success, which is very different 
from stressed success. You have the, the ability to choose what you want your life to look like, but it requires us creating this breathing room. And that's exactly what we're doing. So here's your homework assignment. All right. Because this stuff is so important. It, it's, it's something that has to change in our culture because marriages are failing. People are unhappy and depressed and they don't know why they've got, they feel like they've got success, but they're so incredibly unhappy. We've got to change this. And it's not just the, okay, everybody understands we have to say no. It's learning the system. It's understanding the formula. And we're going to go really deep so you can understand your priorities, how to set a push goal, but at its basic, at its most basic step, I promise that you will feel an utter sense of relief when you do this. Now, don't forget to tune in to my next broadcast because I'm going to cover some crazy cool stuff. And in that episode, we will now be able to attack how it is you take this extra time and you don't fill it with more stuff because that's the risk. That's the big risk. If you don't watch that next, that next broadcast, you may very well fall into the trap of going, wow, now I've got four extra hours. I should fill it with other things that have nothing to do with my blueprint. I'm going to show you how to do less, how to take single subject scheduling. It's a, it's a system that I've developed that makes people super duper effective and focused and moving forward and progressing towards their blueprint in less time. Because I am not about adding more things to your plate. I want you to do less. Thank you for joining me today. Okay, there you go. Hopefully you got a lot out of that episode. Uh, I think the, the few things that stuck out for me were the fact that she was able to put saying no to people in a really, really good perspective. In that way to think about it is, you know, if you had a family member that had limited time left to live and someone asked you to do something, it would be so incredibly easy to say no to them. Like, no, I I can't do that for you because, you know, I've got this precious time left with the person I love. And that's just a dramatic way to think about it, to make it easier to say, say no to people. Because when, when someone's asking you to to do something that you don't want to do, they're basically putting their priority ahead of yours. So in, in a way, they're asking you to, to say maybe no to your goal or to your dream and say yes to something that they want you to do that has less significance in your life. So I, I think having that mindset and that attitude really makes it easy to say no. And this this is a skill that I've kind of developed over the years. And I also like how Shalene Johnson, how she put it, you know, it's not like a one and done thing. It's not like you get this right one time and you're good for the rest of your life. Like it is always a skill that needs to be uh, perfected and developed and, and used frequently because you, you'll get pulled in 10 different directions and having the confidence and the skill to uh, to graciously say no to people, I think is is really, really good thing to have and she gave a lot of good examples of how to actually do that and you know the the family thanksgiving family dinner how that that person proactively said no so so there's a lot of good tips and tricks in there uh there's no silver bullet to any of this just kind of apply some of these things to your life and hopefully that will kind of declutter your schedule a little bit and give you time to focus on the things that are truly important to you and there was one thing, and this is going to be the extra credit, and I'll just roll roll the closing and go right into to this if you're interested. 
but she mentioned uh, another like episode that she had and it was called overcome the overwhelm and if you're if you got something out of this this shalene johnson so you can stick around for the extra credit and listen to that as well Uh, but she talks about how when your schedule is too full and you feel overwhelmed and how exactly to kind of combat that stuff she goes a lot into you know delegation and things like that that we've talked about on this show before but if you are interested in her communication style, then I recommend you listening to the extra credit and going from there. But uh, yeah, that's it. We're, we're back on the air and, and I hope to post some more things here in the future. So uh, I will catch you guys next time. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you found a few nuggets of wisdom that you can apply to your life. Until next time, take action, keep hacking and stacking your way to success. There's nothing wrong with your mobile device. You're venturing into deeper meaning and higher learning. It's time for Extra Credit. Extra Credit. Hi, I'm Shalene Johnson. And I'm Brett Johnson. And Shalene has invited me on the podcast to talk about our story. Yeah, it's like a podcast party. Uh, We're here because, and you're hearing this episode, actually what you're about to hear is a live interview that Brett and I broadcasted yesterday, kind of sharing our story and where we were like five years ago. Five years ago, and we created the blueprint on how we were going to get out of, as you'll find out in this podcast, prison. <laughs> yeah, we're going to break out of prison. Um, no, honestly, we, we, we just want to share with people, and we realize it's, it's a really important message for anyone who listens to The Shalene Show. You know, not just like, okay, I know my life needs to be different, and everybody understands the importance of creating a vision and dreaming about it, but so few people know exactly how to do it. Like, what's the blueprint? What are the steps? What's the first thing I need to do in order to make change happen and and we shared our story yesterday and people were well we got lots of questions on the live chat afterwards and that prompted us to you know share this on podcast and i think you know after you listen to it um i think it's really important that you also go find your you know your spouse or your partner or significant other and have them listen to it in fact that's one of the reasons why we said we wanted to make this a podcast because so many people who are on the live broadcast said my husband or my wife is so busy they won't even watch this i can't even hold them still to watch this because they're so overwhelmed with how much debt we have and they're so busy they they won't even watch this and they they need to hear it so um, you know, we, we just put it out there like on my Facebook wall. Do you guys want me to turn this into a, a, a podcast? And it was just overwhelmingly yes. From, from my perspective, the person who needs to watch this video is the workaholic, the person who can't stop, the person who can't rest, can't sit still, can't just enjoy a movie or connect with people. They always have to be doing. And, and that's why I want people to watch it. Brett, who do, who do you think needs to watch this video? The person who needs to hear this message is the person who can't see what the other person is doing or can't picture themselves helping that person in that role. It's it's coming from the football world and a, and a quarterback who ran a team and was in charge of all these guys and, and considered one of the more masculine sports. It's almost like the business that I was recruited into by my wife was 
a, a fitness business. I mean, it'd almost be like them coming into the locker room one day and they're saying like, Brett, you're not playing quarterback today. You're going yeah. to the cheerleading team and you're going to be the head pom-pom guy. And it, <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with being the head pom-pom guy, but I had to learn, I had to retrain my brain to, to think that, that I had value in a new business that I really didn't have on the surface, a lot of interest. I had to learn how to involve and get my skill set. It's funny that he would say that he felt like he was being recruited to be a cheerleader. But I think that's kind of where most people start living very separate lives is because they don't understand what their partner does and they don't understand what their significant other does. And by the way, this show is definitely not about like marriage or partners. It's it's just about helping the person who you love get off the fast track. And I, I mean, our kids are on the fast track. Elementary school kids are on the fast track. Adults are on the fast track. Senior citizens don't retire anymore. And things have to change because we're running out of energy and we've lost sight of what really matters. And what really matters is people. So I've invited the most important person in the whole world to me to introduce this podcast to you. And that's my husband, Brett. And I hope that you'll invite the most important person in your life. Maybe it's the most important people in your life to listen to the show. Okay, off to the broadcast. Hi, I'm Shalene Johnson. And I'm Brett Johnson. And we are the founders of the Smart Success Academy. Today, we are here to teach you, to share with you how it was we have been able to create a completely different life than what we had just three years ago. I think as a society, as a culture, I think everyone just agrees it's it's too much. Like what's going on is just too much. Your brain hurts. We're cramming so much into our schedules, our lives, what's expected of us to get done each day, what we're supposed to accomplish. And, and it just... It's, it's what people think is success, but it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah, we had to figure out how to get off the hamster wheel. And that's what we want to share with you today. Because we hear experts talking about this all the time. Like, you know, we've got to scale back. You've got to do less. You've got to learn to say no. But we didn't know how to do that. And you, too, probably feel like, I know I have to do that. I know I can't keep going at this pace. But I don't know how to untangle this, how to undo this without letting people down or losing income or feeling like I've failed or I've let someone down. And we want to share with you today how we've been able to do it in our lives and how we've helped thousands of other people do exactly that. The how, the steps, the formula, the system, so that you can not only dream it and want it, but you can plan it and then execute it and then maintain that sense of peace, that like breathing room. You will, you will have peace though once you get to the, to the end. That's kind of how you know that you've accomplished this smart success. Yeah. Because it, 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 is a, it's it was a feeling. It's a feeling because it was overwhelming sitting down three years ago on paper writing this out and going, okay, now how are we going to do it? And then this is what we're going to teach. Yeah. Is, is how we got there. I mean, we, we just never talked about what, what we wanted to feel. I mean, we talked about it with like what the goals we wanted to accomplish. And, and, and this isn't about goal setting. This isn't about time management. What we had to learn is a system. It's a formula and steps. 
because where we were looked like success and looked like the epitome of time management because we had managed to schedule something into every single minute of our day with zero wiggle room. No wiggle room. If something came up in the middle of the day, it was hard to fit it in. It was upsetting. Like it was upsetting if somebody wanted to just talk to me. Cause I'm like, I, I, I don't have room for that in my schedule. That's going to make me unproductive. And if I'm unproductive, then I won't be uh, doing enough. And if I'm not doing enough, then I won't be making money. And then if I'm not making money, then you're going to be unhappy is what I thought. And see, we, we had, we had built these companies up and, and, and this happens whether you're an entrepreneur or not. This just happens because our culture has just kept cramming and cramming and cramming more things that you feel that you're responsible for, more things that you're supposed to do, more expectations. You know, our kids are scheduled, our lives are scheduled. And if we just do more, well, then we'll make more. And then eventually we'll have free time. That, that's the myth. And it's a total myth because we got to a stage where I'm like, I don't care if we don't make any money. I don't care if we live in an apartment and eat top ramen. I can't live like this anymore. And, and once we started to create a plan to disassemble the, the prison <laughs> that looked so great from the outside and we realized how we needed to do that, the ironic piece to it all is that we didn't talk about making more money. We just talked about living a life where we could breathe. What the blueprint of that life would look like. And it was never well, we, we have to keep this section because it makes this much money. We didn't, we didn't talk about that at all. It was just, what will our life look like if we can breathe? And then it just turned out that once we did that and we started to implement that plan, that ironically, ironically the money follows. Yeah. And when we started to create that plan, I just was prepared that we were going to make less money. I, I just said, I'm okay with that. I don't care. Cause here we are making all kinds of money and I'm so unhappy. I don't care. Cause it's obviously not what brings us happiness and joy and being connected to each other. The ironic piece to this is we are far better off financially now and who cares? Like, that's awesome. And I know that's why some of you are like, well, I need to make sure I'm financially secure, but I'm here to tell you that piece is an extra added bonus because the best part of this is the freedom. Well, we couldn't enjoy right. the money we before. No we, I mean, that's great. So we, at the end of the month, we did really well, but on the next month, we had to do more and more and more and create more. And there was more projects on it. But now we don't have that. We have downtime and we have peace and we can enjoy when we do have to work and when we do do things that we want to do. It's such a myth that you're supposed to be extremely productive in every minute of your day and you're supposed to be doing all these things and all of these people can expect your attention immediately and that you're supposed to respond to Facebook and you're, su you're supposed to respond to your text messages and your phone calls and your inbox and your emails and you're supposed to say the yes to every opportunity and if the right opportunity comes along, then your life will be better. And that is, it's just not going to happen. The only way this happens is if you create a plan. And that's what we had to do. I remember I, I was working like, you know, from home. So I was like, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm a stay at home maniac is what I was. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I worked until like late until the night and, and I woke up early, early in the morning cause I didn't want the kids to be affected by it. But that was, I was lying to myself and lying to the kids cause they were affected by it and you were affected by it and we were affected by it. And the other thing we really didn't talk about, it was, it was the reason why we were doing it was to be more 
um, present with the with the kids. But it wasn't like like at the top of the list, like we need to be more present with the kids, and it was like right down their schedule. It just by creating this new plan, it happened. And it wasn't until, and, and, and shortly, I remember shortly, uh, three or four months into this, you telling me and the kids telling me also that, gosh, dad seems a lot different now. Go, go, and go. Sierra and Brock saying, gosh, mo- mo- mom's at every, mom's at, doesn't miss any games or practice. She's picking. And so they both noticed that. And that yeah. was why else do it, right? So. Yeah. I mean, you're a great dad. But there, you know, I just remember, like, uh, not too long ago, like a couple months ago, Sarah said something like, "Was Dad going to get mad?" And Brock turned around and looked at it, and he goes, "When's the last time Dad got mad?" But that used to be how you were, uh, you know, very short fused. And I know now that that was it. Just is where we took things because you were so you were just didn't even know how to manage all the chaos, I kept like adding on and adding on, like we have to do this and we have to do this. And, and we weren't really communicating with each other. And so we didn't know how to stop. And I remember when we took that run, we were, we were on a run together and I, um, I started crying on the run. And I don't know if you've ever been on a run and started crying, but you really get out of breath fast. (laughs) And I just said, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And when we got back from that run and took out a yellow legal pad and started talking about what would the perfect life, if we just, if we just erase all this, start over with a magic wand, what would it look like? And it was so outlandish. I thought, well, we'll just start here. And if we even get like 10% close to this, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. And it is, guess what? It's possible. At some point, something is going to break. It just will. You can't handle this much pressure and overload in your life without something breaking, either either your relationships or your health, or it, it manifests itself in addiction or fa- failed marriages and failed businesses. At some point, you have to do this. So you either do it now or you wait till you hit rock bottom. And we don't want you to hit rock bottom because you don't have to. All you need is the plan. And that's what we're going to share with you today. I, I get to do my favorite thing, which is to teach. You get to go. I'm going to go off and, and coach some football. All right. Sweet. Spend some time with our son. Spend some time with Brock. Yeah. Love you. Love you too, babe. So Brett is off to football practice, and, and I'm, a, I'm actually sitting inside of uh, my, my favorite room in the house, one of my favorite rooms in the house. It is what I call my garage fit workout studio, and this to me makes me so happy because it's one of the things that I defined back when my husband, Brett, and I thought about what we want, wanted our crazy utopian life to look like. And when we, when we originally bought this house, this whole area off to my, my right was, was where we filmed fitness videos. But I had created such a maniac lifestyle for myself that I thought it'd be really cool, like if that was in my house, but I was on somebody else's schedule. I was on the schedule of my customers and all the demands that I created for myself. And so this room represented stress. This room represented um, a time frame that wasn't my own. This room represented lack of freedom. 
I always had to be filming new products, new videos. We were on a time schedule. There was continuity and there were dates and expectations. And I had, I, I thought I had control, but I had put myself in a position because I never did what we're about to do, which is define what I wanted my quality of life to look like. I have a big piece of paper here because I know that when you put pen or pencil to paper, things happen that don't happen when you're just watching and listening and thinking about it. So I'm going to urge you right now to grab a pen and a piece of paper and go through this with me. Together, we're going to define exactly what you want your life to look like. And this is going to be a craffle. It's what I refer to as a crazy, ridiculous, amazingly fun-filled life. It's ridiculous. That's how I felt about it when my husband and I thought about what it would look like. I'm like, this is so outlandish. And I don't care. Even if it's like 10% of this, I would be happy. And let's do this together. Let's create a craffle. It starts with defining what does success look like to you. And I want you to begin this by looking at you know, your current perfect day. Like, have you ever had a perfect day or even a perfect week? Maybe it was a perfect month. Many people have a hard time coming up with a perfect day, let alone a perfect week or month. But I want you to just think about what did that look or feel like? And I know I had had them, so it was pretty easy for me to dream what that would look like. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do first, is to just dream about your perfect day. What did your perfect day look like? What time did you wake up? What, how much time did you spend working? How much time did you spend with other people? Did you go to bed at an early time? Did you have a certain number of meals? Or were you eating in your car late to your next meeting, which you had to leave 10 minutes early to get to your next meeting? Like, what did your perfect day feel like? So just write down some notes. Like, I'd like to sleep in until 8 o'clock. For some people, sleeping in isn't perfect. You actually want to get up and get started. You know, what did, what did your day look like? Think back on that perfect day when you were able to go to bed or at least, you know, lay down under your cold, cool sheets and say, wow, that was a good day. That was a good day. What happened on that day? Dream about it. Think about it. Put some notes down on paper. And here's some things specifically I want you to address. What did your schedule look like that day? Specifically, what time did you wake up? Did you work out? Did you spend some time with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends? What did your schedule look like in terms of work? Were you working? For me, my perfect day is I'm working just a little. Like, I wouldn't be happy if I wasn't doing this. I need, I need to do this. It makes, we all need a purpose. My purpose is to find challenge and overwhelm and then solve it and share it with other people. Doesn't matter what it is. At one point it was, how to sell a used car. And, and another point in my life, it was how to figure out how to start a personal training business and, and then how to find balance in your fitness and love exercise and nutrition. And now what I'm sharing with you is something that was really challenging for me and it was defining what success, what, what would my quality of life look and feel like? The next thing I want you to talk about is, is what does your utopian environment look like? I say, utopian because I'm going to have to ask you to dream. So it is a little bit of a utopian. Like for me to think about having this crazy cool space, that felt like utopian. And if, if I called it like, okay, this is the, the environment I want to plan for myself, I know I would have held myself back. I would have thought that's not even possible. 
So I want you to think of it as a utopian. What does your workout space look like? What does your office space look like? Where do you live? What does your house look like? How big is your closet? What kind of a car are you driving? And I don't want you to think about them. Oh boy, this is important. Okay. Cause I, I don't want you to make the same mistake twice. I don't want you to think about what would make you feel important. I want you to think about the, that utopian environment in terms of what would make you feel peaceful. What would allow you to go, I can breathe. Because originally when I did this before putting it on paper and understanding what I wanted to feel, I did it according to what I wanted my life to look like. And I wanted a big office with lots of employees and a cool big sign and, and people and working in cool cubicles. And that's what I wanted it to look like. But I never thought about what that would feel like, how much stress that would feel like to be responsible for so many people. So when you think about creating your utopian environment, think about what would it make me feel? What do I want my bedroom to look like so that I felt peaceful? You know, think about how you would feel with the perfect environment. Now, the next thing you have to do is think about those things that you need to get rid of because they create unhappiness. That's hard. You know why? Because sometimes, sometimes there's a person's name attached to that or a group of friends or things that you put in your life. You did this and now you got to get rid of it. That was really hard for me. I had to remove things that I had put in my life. I worked really, really, really hard to put them in my life. Like the fact that I was filming all of these fitness videos in this space. I had to remove that because it wasn't making me happy. It was making me really unhappy. I had to remove things that I had created. And you just have to stop for a second right now and go, what do I, I this is my own doing and it's in my life and I, I really hate it or I don't look forward to it or it makes me feel burdened or I wake up every day and when I think about it, I, I'm happy until I think about that thing. Just write down some words. And if it's something you don't want people to see, then just write down some initials, something to trigger your mind of this. I have to get rid of this next. What do you feel like? What emotions are predominant in your day? What do you feel like? What emotions? So for me, I felt out of breath, overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, nervous. I felt like a failure, even though I was doing so much. I felt, um, I felt burdened. I felt sorry for myself. I felt angry when anything interrupted my schedule because I didn't have room for it. So I felt, I felt burdened and I knew I wanted to feel the opposite of all those things. I wanted to feel happy. I wanted to feel stress free. I wanted to feel relaxed. I wanted to feel connected. I wanted to feel like I had a calm energy. I wanted to feel that I had choice. I wanted to feel happy. I wanted to feel supported. I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel like it wasn't me having to do everything. I wanted to feel loved and taken care of. Those are all of the words that I wanted to feel. What words do you want to feel? What emotions? So write them down. Okay. Okay. Now I want you to put on paper. What do you, what do you feel like, you know, I'm contributing. I feel, I feel good about myself. I feel like I have a value. I have, I have purpose when I do this thing, like work and purpose. I think we all need to feel, I mean, even, 
even you see this with senior citizens in, in senior citizen homes. They, they want to have a purpose. Everybody wants to have a purpose. So I'm not saying everybody has to work. You might be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, but you, you, you feel a sense of purpose. What gives you that sense of purpose? What are you doing when you feel that? And you can call it work, but if you're serving and fulfilling your purpose, it doesn't feel like work. Like what I'm doing right now does not feel like work. This feels like my life's purpose. And I want you to write on paper, what are you doing when you feel like, wow, that felt really good. That person needed me. I helped them. Because this is step one, y'all. This is it right here. Redefining success. Not success according to what it looks like, but according to what your quality of life should feel like. According to your own rules. Like we have to stop buying all this like myth and garbage that people keep throwing at us. You've got to get more. You've got to drive more. You need a bigger car, a nicer home, a bigger bank account. You need all these things. And those things don't take into account what you want to feel, right? And that's where happiness comes from, what we feel. I want you to think about your relationships. When you define your perfect happy life right now, what relationship will be stronger? What relationship will make you proud? You see, if you don't do this stuff on paper, at some point, it just all comes to a head and it falls in the lap of someone else. If you don't do this now, then ultimately you're going to hit a breaking point. And then somebody else has to pick up the pieces, whether it's you or your kids or a failed marriage or a failed business. At some point, if you don't do this, then the definition of success you continue to live will continue to make you unhappy. But now that you've done it, because I know you have, you've put it on paper and you've got that other important person watching with you. And, and, and don't share this yet with anyone. This is just for you, because we're going to marinate on this. But let's move to step two, because this is like three steps. Okay, this is the fun part. Now we have to blueprint it. Okay, so a blueprint is what's missing, I think, for so many people. You know, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie The Laws of Attraction or you've you've studied any of anything about like making vision boards and 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 being able to picture these things. I think most of us can do that. I, th I think most of us have done that at some point, like visualize what we'd like to have in our lives. And I think most of us, have, if we haven't created a mental vision board, maybe you've created a physical one or you've thought about the laws of attraction, like I'm going to believe this is possible, uh, but why is my life changing? And I believe it is because we haven't created a blueprint an architectural plan for how this is going how is it going to happen? It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. And I've interviewed hundreds of extremely successful people who have smart success, meaning they've had to recreate their lives based on their own definition. And the one thing all of them say is it, I had to create a plan. This wasn't going to happen on its own. It's not going to happen on its own for you either. So let me share with you exactly the formula for blueprinting. This is what we teach in smart success. And the first step of it is your, your mental fortress. You have to decide that this is not an option anymore. You, you've got to change the way you're living. Now, for many of you, it's going to happen because you're already at rock bottom. You're already living with your spouse and you feel like your roommates 
or you already feel all of those things that I talked about, you're, you're there. So you've already made a mental decision to do it. But a fortress is different than just a decision. A fortress is deciding not only am I going to do this, but I'm going to set up the boundaries to protect myself so that I know why I'm doing this. So that I don't fall back into my old habits and the patterns of saying yes to everything simply because there's enough time. I've got an hour, then yes, I will say yes to you and I will say yes to you and I will make all of your problems my problems too. You've got to decide, I won't do that anymore because there are people in my life who are too important to say yes to all these other things. You see, that's why we have to have this blueprint. The next thing you have to do is we talked about creating your perfect environment, right? Okay, so now for part of your blue, your blueprint, I, I know you want to live in a different house or maybe you just want it organized differently and, and maybe you've decided that you need to sell as we did. You need to sell your business so that your environment is more peaceful. Now what I need you to do is write down environment and list specifically what you would have to change in order for it to meet the criteria of your definition of success. For me, what that meant is Brett and I had to sit down and figure out how long it was going to take to be able to sell our business and to push other people to the forefront so that they could do things better than what we were doing, so that they could take it to the next level because we weren't willing to compromise our family, our sanity, or anything else to do that. And no amount of money was going to be worth it. So, so that meant for my environment, what I had to write down here was that I was going, we were together going to create a plan to sell our business and that meant moving into an office space that could hold just three or four employees. So that's what I want you to write down for environment. What do you have to change? Do you have to move? Like write down the things that need to happen in order for your utopian, your crazy, ridiculous, amazing, fun-filled life environment to come to fruition. Okay, now this next one's pretty big. You're going to need to identify those things you're currently doing. And I'm, I, I'm just, I want you to relax for a second. You're not going to have to do this tomorrow, but it's part of the plan. What in your plan will you have to remove? And even if I don't care if you're telling me right now, I don't think I can remove it. I want you to write down, what do you know you have to remove? You have to, don't worry about how, but you've got to, you've got to write down something right now that you know you have to remove or you have to delegate. You've got to give it to somebody else. Let somebody else take the reins or limit, okay? Because you have three choices with the activities, all the craziness that's going on in your life right now. According to your work, your the things you volunteer for, the things you've said yes to, the people who you take care of, all of the responsibilities, all the things we stack on top of stacks, on top of stacks. What do you have to remove? What do you need to delegate? And what do you need to limit? Now, here's one that's going to be challenging for some of you to wrap your head around but I just got to share the story with you. One of the most important things I had to delegate, meaning have somebody else do it besides me, was laundry and cleaning my house. Now that might seem like, oh, well, sure, that's great if you've got lots of money. We didn't. When we made this decision, we had no wiggle room in our budget. We could not afford to do this. Could not afford to do it. Not only that, I was struggling with the fact that like, I'm, I'm a mom, I'm supposed to sort socks, I'm supposed to put away clothes, I'm supposed to clean the house, I'm supposed to scrub the toilets, I'm supposed to do that, you know? And so wouldn't I be a bad mom if I didn't do it? So we made a decision shortly after we created our blueprint that we were gonna hire someone three days a week 
and she was going to come in just three hours a week and do laundry. Now we paid her minimum wage. And let me just tell you this, we had a minimum of 50 people apply to the little tiny ad we put in the penny saver for this job. People need money and they're happy and willing to do the kind of work that you need to delegate so that you can live your life according to your plan. And so, so we hired someone just three days a week to do a little bit of cleaning and a little bit of laundry. And I got to tell you, best decision I've ever made. And I have talked to so many people who said that was it. That was it. God, it like everything changed once my laundry was done and my house was clean. Can you like, do, if somebody three days a week for just three hours, if you gave that, you delegated that, maybe it's just once a week. Some of you are like, oh, I do it. Yeah, I already do that once a month. Once a month is not what I'm talking about. You know what happens when you do it once a month? You clean for like two days before they come. And then you're cleaning the house the entire time and then they clean it and then it's dirty the next day and so is all your laundry. And you go another 29 days in chaos. But they were there for, I don't know, six hours, four hours. But to have someone come just a couple times a week, put everything into a place of calm. That was, that's my story. It made me feel overwhelmed and like a bad mom. And like I would never, ever get caught up because there were always dishes in the sink and there was always laundry to be done. What makes you feel that way? That you know I could give this to someone else and I could use that time to do the things that only I can do. I could use that time to build my secondary business. I could use that time to connect with my kids. And I know what you're saying to me. I can't afford to do that right now. Well, you can't afford not to. There are things, if you, if you can't delegate some of the things that are on your list, then you're not ready for this message. You're not there yet. Because this is a matter of faith. I couldn't afford to do it either. This is something you can't afford not to do. You just have to identify that one thing that's going to feel like the weight of the world has been lifted from your shoulders and it can be just something as simple as sorting socks. The next thing you're going to do is you are going to reverse engineer something big that you got to get out of or something big that you got to get into. So maybe what you've decided is I've got to quit my job and I've got to devote more time to this little business that I've started on the side that isn't making me much money right now, but I know, I know if I focused on it, it could be huge. And I've got to figure out a way to get out of this and to focus more on that. That's called reverse engineering. And I'll share with you a story of how we were able to be in a position where we could actually sell our business. Now, let me tell you how impossible this was. When we first had this conversation, I was bawling my eyes out to my husband, you know, kind of like a woe is me martyr. I'm like, I'm the only one who could be in the videos. And how, how could we put somebody else in the videos? It's like my program and it's always been me. And I'm, I'm the only one who can teach it this way. And, and, and so I'm the face of it and I have to be, and I've got to be the person who's on the videos. And it's got to be my picture because we were selling to fitness instructors and we had built this tribe and we had built this this amazing culture of, of instructors and, and fitness people who across the globe in, in their health clubs had fallen in love with this program and see, I thought they had fallen in love with me, but really it was, it was the culture. It was this tribe thing that had formed and I just needed to slowly figure out how to put somebody else in the front or put a collection of people in the front other than me who would do a better job of it than me. And it wasn't impossible. Nothing you want to do is impossible if you have a plan. So we had to figure out how to reverse engineer it. And here's what we did. We said, okay, this has to be gradual. Because if I said, okay, I'm gone. 
I'm out of the videos. I knew, I knew that we would lose customers. I had to slowly, we had to create the plan and the plan involved, okay, brainstorming. That's how you reverse engineer. Okay. So you're going to flip it to a separate page. Okay. You're going to flip it to a separate page or take out another little legal pad. And I just started writing, okay, what, in order to make this happen, what would I have to do? Let's see. I would have to, um, train other instructors and I would have to, um, practice with them. And I would have to, uh, one, let's say one video a quarter, I would feature another instructor and I would be in it. And then eventually, I wouldn't be in it, I would just feature another instructor. And then eventually, um, I would, I would need to slowly start putting other people in our promotional materials. And I, I would need to give people a reason to be excited about this change. Yeah, that's it. I would need to give people so they wouldn't be like, what's going on? Why are, why are you not in any of the videos? I wanted to give people a reason why they should be excited about it because I wanted them to be in the videos someday. I wanted every instructor who was buying our DVDs to feel like, this is cool. It's not all about her. It's about us. We're a community. And someday I'm going to be the person in the videos and I'm going to do a heck of a lot better job than she does. And they do. And so all these things, I wrote them down and how long this would take and how we, and, and, and in no particular order, you just have to take out a piece of paper and start listing everything that has to happen in no particular order. And then you just start plugging away one step at a time. And here's the part that you can't miss. This stuff needs a timeline. It needs a timeline. You know why? Because we've got to keep you accountable. And if there's not a timeline, if there's not a deadline, you know what happens? You're like, oh, you know, I should just transition a little slower. I should be in a few more videos. I should stay at my job right now, my, my nine to five for a, just a little bit longer. You know, because I'm still just not quite yet comfortable with the amount of money that my side business or my plan B is, 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 is earning for me. So if you don't set a timeline, what I call a fast, write this down, people, you need a fast approaching mini deadline. Okay? Lots of them. So now I didn't say my fast approaching deadline is for me to completely transition out of every video for Hip Hop Hustle, Turbo Kick, and Payo. Uh, in, in six months, I set a mini deadline and I said, one month from now, I'm going to fly 10 of my top area promotions directors to Southern California and I'm going to bring in experts, including myself, to help them how to be better on video. For you, you're going to say, my fast approaching deadline is that in four weeks' time, I will be spending an additional hour per day on my plan B. In six months time, I will be giving my notice at my place of employment. I will be whatever that changes you need to make, that thing you need to remove, that thing that you promised you were going to limit. Because you have to understand this. We have a limited number of days in this life. I mean, what if you lived your life that way? Because that's the truth. We have a limited number of days. So you need to limit the amount of time you're spending doing things that don't make you happy. And the reason why you're not doing that yet is because you didn't put together a plan to make it happen. Because I know you don't want to do it anymore. I know you want to do something different. I know you want your life to feel different. So start living your life with truth. And the truth is, we have a limited number of days to live the way we were meant to. 
to connect with the people who matter. Now we got to execute this. That's step three. Are you with me so far? Step three is we're going to execute this. Now, to execute this, you've got to take action. That's what executing is. So here's my blueprint, all the stuff I needed to do, right? And you've got that on paper, and, and we can expand on that, and you will, because now you know the steps to do that. But now what I've got to do is I've got to figure out, okay, how do I remove this? How do I outsource? How much is it costing me not to have someone else do this? Because it's costing you more money than what you realize. You're not saving yourself any money by doing things simply because you've learned how to do them when somebody else should be doing them because nobody can do the thing that you do. So now part of our plan to execute is the date by which we're going to remove this, who we're going to outsource it to, learning how to use Elance and, and sites where you can hire very inexpensive, extremely talented, eager individuals from across the planet to do some of the little things that you're doing every single day. And one of the things that I'm going to share with you in one of my next broadcasts is a complete list of everything you're doing in every area of your life and it's going to blow your mind how much of it you don't need to be doing and how quickly you can execute on your plan when you're looking at it on paper going oh my gosh yes I do that I do that I do that and I'm getting rid of this and I'm getting rid of this and someone else can do this and someone else can do this and I'm no longer gonna do this and I've got to limit this and no wonder I've been living this way no wonder I'm so overwhelmed no wonder I'm so overloaded. That's number one. Number two is that we are going to change your circle of influence. You just have to, okay? Now, this is immediate. Your circle of influence has a greater impact on where you're going and where you're going to stay than anything else. The people that you're with are either making your excuses okay or they're expecting more of you. They're making you a little uncomfortable because you know that you should be living that way too. So if you are hanging around with people who you are the one who's got things going on and has balance in your life and, 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 and you are the, the, the prime example of how to be and who to be, then you've got to up your game. You got to level up. You know, my, my husband who, you know, you got to meet is obviously my strongest partner in this business. My, my most important cheerleader and the best partner I could ever ask for. But he's also a very talented coach. I think I'm a good teacher. He's an amazing coach. And one of the things he had us do with our son and our daughter when they were young is have them play up an age group. And I always said, why would we do that? Like, especially when my son played basketball, I'm like, he's not that good. You really think you should play up? And he's like, yeah, because you'll play to the level of the people you're surrounded by. And if if you're surrounded by people who are making excuses and they're okay with their mediocre, overstressed, out of control, no balance life, then you're going to be, you're like that. I guess this is, this is just what we do. I guess this is how we live. Now I'm able to identify when I'm around people who are going nowhere, number one, or number two, have so much going on. They can't breathe. They can't stop. They need validation from everything. They need to be the best, the biggest. They need to make sure that they're, they're recognized and that they're accomplishing more and more and more and doing and doing and doing. And I'm talking about, I've got friends who act this way who are multimillionaires and I don't have them in my, in my circle of influence. And I also have friends or acquaintances 
who are, have that same energy and they're an overstressed mom who, who stays at home and who's an incredible debt, but their energy is the same. It's like more, 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 more stress, 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 stress. And I can't have them in my circle of influence. So your circle of influence is part of what you're going to execute immediately. The people you've identified who lift you up and have this happening in their lives. And you might have to in invite them to this broadcast because you know they've got the potential to do this, but we've got to change your circle of influence. Next, we are going to stick to seasons. You're going to define the seasons of which you're going to get things accomplished because it is total BS that you're supposed to learn every new thing that comes out. You're supposed to be doing all of these things at once. You're supposed to be developing your business and, and, and doing better in your current job and taking care of your kids and um, helping a child transition from high school to college. You're supposed to be doing all these things at once and that you're, you're nothing's ever going to slide. That's so wrong. It's not possible. It's not humanly possible to do all those things. It's called seasons of life. And we've failed to give ourselves permission until today. Today, you're going to give yourself permission to just have one little thing at a time that is your primary focus. And that will give you the freedom to say, it's okay that this is sliding. It's okay that, like right now, one of the things that I have given myself permission to spend a season in is podcasting. But in order to spend a season in podcasting, that's saying yes to something. And anytime you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else because it's just a zero-sum gain. You can't add without eventually becoming too full. So when I say yes to something like podcasting, I have to, if I, once I learn to define that as my season, then I know that that's what I'm harvesting. My season of podcasting, I'm harvesting my podcast right now. And just like a farmer, that means that there are certain harvests that are now laying dormant. And there are other areas where I've spent a lot of time and devotion in the past to figure them out, but I figured them out. And now I'm cultivating this season. And yours might be a season of repairing your marriage. And yours might be a season of spending time with your children while they transition. And yours might be a season of writing your book, but then you've got to give yourself permission to let go of all the social media. But you have to identify those seasons. What season do you need to be in? Where do you need to spend your time so that that crop can flourish and so that you don't feel guilt over something else that you're allowing to rest? You see, we grow when we rest. We don't grow when we're under pressure. It's just like a muscle. Like if you lift heavy weights when you're doing a bicep curl, you fatigue the muscle, you overload the muscle. But the muscle doesn't grow when you're doing that. The muscle grows during the rest phase. So what do you need to allow to rest? Two more things I want you to remember. We are going to build a fortress around your focus. Okay. You know, you have to get focused in order to create, to execute your blueprint. You've got, you've got to get focused. You can no longer fiddle. You can no longer Wake up each day and go, yeah, I need to do all these things. And I'm not sure how to do them. And I'm, I'm just going to fit it in. I'm going to fit in this execution plan. No, you have to build a fortress around your focus. I want to teach you in this series how you do that with your 
technology, because you know what? That's what's killing us. That's why we feel the way we feel, because we spend so much freaking time attached to our phones and attached, and you open up your laptop and you intend to do really good things. And the first thing that pops open on your screen is something other than what you had planned to focus on. And so you go, oh, this will only take a second. I'll get through this. And oh, I realized that this card is still open. I'll finish this order. And oh, you know, I, I wasn't going to work on this right now, but the first thing I saw was all these emails I need to return. I'm going to teach you how to put a fortress around your focus. And lastly, and this is going to get fun. I know you're familiar with this, but maybe not in a long time. This is called single subject. I'm going to teach you how to single subject schedule. Yep. Okay. So it's going to seem familiar to you because you know when you did it, you did it when you were in high school. You just focused on one thing at a time. You weren't in math class learning about English. You weren't in biology learning about phys ed. Why? Because our brains can't handle that. It's not how we do best. So back when somebody else had control over our focus, we had single subject scheduling. And once I learned to apply this to my life, I stopped working 16 hours a day and started working three hours a day. And in my next video, that's exactly what I teach you. And this one thing, even if you don't do anything else, even if you don't create a plan, you like your life just as it is. If you just learn this one thing, it will change your life. It's going to change the way you feel. Hey, thanks for listening to this special edition of The Shaleen Show. We might just be getting to know each other, or, or maybe you've been reading my books, and you've done my videos, and you've been along for the ride for the last 10 years. Either way, I just want to thank you for being open-minded. I want to share with you, I mean, Brett and I have been married for 20 years, and it is an awesome marriage, but it hasn't always been easy, and I think people who pretend that it's going to be easy, mislead others. And, and I just have to tell you, we, we had to recommit to our faith and we had to recommit to our marriage and we had to put things back into perspective and we had to go through some really trying times. And, and at the time I, I really didn't understand it, but I know today that it was because it has everything to do with our purpose and our calling and the reason why we've come together. Anyways, if you'd like to see the video version of the broadcast that you just heard, I want to make sure that you have access to that and that you don't miss our next one because we have several more upcoming for in this series, as a matter of fact, and you can make sure that you'll receive notification of our next broadcast by going to smartsuccessseminar.com. Oh yeah. And one last word from Brett. Thank you for joining us today. The end. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs>